When a pilot has reached their desired altitude, they start a device known as the autopilot, which is used to keep an aircraft on a set course without the intervention of the pilot. It's stable, and without too much focus, the plane is coasting through the air several miles high. That might be good for a plane or other transportation vehicles. However, is an autopilot mindset good for a believer to have? Going to church, prayer, Bible study, worship, they can all become an easy routine to develop in our everyday life, much without thought. But is this autopilot behavior good, or should we always seek to break out of our comfort zone? Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast with our hosts, Avon and Alex. We seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. The key to victory is knowledge, and it is our hope that through sharing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. I'm one of your co-hosts here, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And let me tell you what, Alex, this has been the longest week ever. Like, I feel like this has been one long week. I had to go through a whole week of... This is where it's like being a real adult. You have to go through the whole week working and not feeling well. I'm finally... Feeling better, but I went through the whole week like not feeling well. And then um, I don't know if you remember a couple months ago because, you know, Alex is a manager or he has that kind of man- managerial training and this, this, and that. I asked him, a, I asked you, Alex, the proper way to address issues um, with your manager. And I finally had that conversation with my boss. And so it was a very stressful week while being kind of under the weather. So let's just say I'm very glad to be doing something I enjoy, which is this podcast, <laughs> because it has been a very long week and I was struggling. I'm right there with you. Uh, it was a very challenging week for me as well. That's like, um, I can't talk about this too much, but suffice to say, there is extreme pressure right now and a lot of uncertainty in the future, I think. So just navigating all of what is happening at my job is taking its toll. I think I'm also, you know, been a little bit under the weather as well over this week. So Mm -hmm. I also was glad uh, to get through that and come back to here um, and just be able to take a break from, from all of that, of course. And then there's all of the instability in the world right now as well, which honestly, even maybe I think, I kind of want to discuss that next week. Perhaps we'll just see what happens. But um, uh, my brother was telling me over in Europe that the French are having this absolutely gargantuan strike and protest, and they've like shut down their whole country. And there's like bags of garbage mm-hmm. all over the place because the garbage men walked off the job, and the the railroad company is striking and the air traffic controllers didn't show up for work. <laughs> and 
Like it's a huge miss. Oh, and I think there's also an energy crisis because the oil and gas uh, refinery people also did not show up to work. So I don't mean to <laughs> laugh, but I know what you're talking about with the whole trash situation, because I was watching some TikTok videos that were talk discussing kind of like the um, sanitation worker strike that was going on within the country. And I think it's over their age of retirement, something along those lines. And they had piles and piles of trash in the street and in the yeah. city. And then it was, for me, it was the shots of rats running around, rats and roaches running around. So to me, I was just like, yo, this is nasty. Just seeing like bugs and rats, two things I'm just not a fan of. Um, I'm just not a fan really of animals um, altogether like that. But just seeing that of rats and roaches, just that was just a little bit too much for me. And then I heard about the overall strike because I guess the government met and then they still made a ruling that was like that the, the people didn't support. And so chaos just broke out. I remember seeing some videos about that, but I haven't investigated the whole story. There's always something. So it's hard to keep track of everything. So I had a front row seat to all of this because it kicked off on the Tuesday when I was trying to go to France uh, from Italy. And I, I didn't talk about how challenging that was on the last couple of episodes because I thought there were other things that were uh, better to discuss. But yes, it certainly was uh, difficult to navigate France uh, when I was there. And, and I saw the, you know, I'm sure it's worse now, but when I was there, you know, just last week, you know, big piles of garbage and uh, piling up on the sidewalks and stuff in Paris. And so I got a front row seat to all of this. And yeah, I guess that they went around their Congress or something. And now there's a vote of no confidence in the leaders. So I'm that's like a big mess. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's shocking to see. I, I was totally caught off guard. I didn't see that coming. But I do remember uh, some of the few text messages that you were sending me because you were having holdups in your transportation and stuff like that. Um, I would get it kind of like when I would either be falling asleep or just waking up and kind of be like, okay, what are you talking about, Alex? That's six hour time difference. Yeah. So just, not, I mean, yeah. So I do remember you telling me about that. But yeah, now I'm seeing it all came full circle in the situation that's going on. So hopefully they find some resolution. But I think it's been kicking off um out there for um for a bit yeah it has been and and like i said i think maybe in the next week we can assess world events and perhaps talk about them in more detail because i i know that today we have a different topic we want to address but it is uh just something i've been keeping an eye on i know alex uh, alex loves staying tuned to the news and all that kind of stuff but the topic we're going to talk about today it just came to me when i was um eating dinner, you know, I don't know if I told you, Alex, I'm getting back on my um, diet and regimen, you know, I'm back to running five miles. Um, yes, you were telling me that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm back to running five miles, eating my veggies and fruit and all that kind of stuff, healthy stuff all over again. Um, no, I'm not doing a competition. I just want to look good for the summer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that beach body in order. Exactly. I just want to look good for the summer. And it just came to me this just this the the, the kind of statement of and being an autopilot or an autopilot Christian. And it made me kind of think or reflect on kind of like my life right now, where I am spiritually and everything. And I've just seen like in my behavior that I've been kind of on autopilot that I read my Bible, do my prayers, listening to a sermon, um, going to church doing my Bible study, all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of on autopilot. There's really no life to it. It's more of just a routine and just a habit 
that I have just kind of like turned on and functioning. I give my tithes. There's no like faith action and believing for anything. It's just kind of like, you know, giving and just showing love. It's just all these kind of things are these kind of Christian, and I'm saying this in quotations, these Christian habits or Christian behaviors has just been more of an autopilot thing that I'm not really focusing in what I'm doing or doing anything intentional. It's just kind of habitual. And so today I just kind of want to talk about or discuss, you know, what does it mean to be an autopilot Christian and whether this is a good thing or a bad thing? And then kind of discuss maybe bringing back that zeal or fire that might be kind of you know, fizzling out. And we'll get into that a little bit more of what I mean by the zeal and all that kind of stuff that might be fizzling out. But the definition I have for this phrase of being an autopilot Christian or just being an autopilot is acting or functioning without conscious conscious thought or um, as a result of a routine or habit. So when I say, you know, when I hear this or when I'm saying this thing of being an auto Christian, in my mind, it's someone who is like well-seasoned, kind of like you and I, well-seasoned, been in the faith for a while, been in church for a while. You know, they're operating, doing church things. And I say that's in quotations, church things. But there's no real thought or like passion behind it. It just seems like it's out of repetition and it's out of um, habit. And there aren't, in my opinion, they aren't reaching or utilizing their faith to go to like a higher level or to achieve something greater. It's just kind of staying at that coastline of just coasting in the same altitude and just kind of just making it to their destination, which is heaven. I'm just kind of just coasting through life and just all that kind of stuff. So when you hear autopilot, what is it? What do you what do you think? So I think I have like a different take on this. OK, than you do. Even, and I think. I guess I had one set of things in the notes, but then hearing you say that about routine and, and habits and everything, you know, maybe, maybe I can see a little bit more from where you're coming from. But to me, you know, habit, I, I would say these are good habits, right? Like yeah. you want to develop these uh, habits. You want to develop the discipline to be in the scriptures every day. You want to develop the discipline to be in, in prayer with the Lord every day. You want to be uh, disciplined in, in worshiping the Lord and making sure that you're present at church uh, for the teachings and, and getting involved in serving and tithing, whatever else that you're doing. I mean, I think these are all really good things. And so I really think if this, if this is a habit, this is actually like a good habit for you. Uh, I don't, really think that that's a bad thing. Uh, I think, you know, that for a lot of people, it it's hard to get to that point where, you know, you're doing and, and, and walking with God to such an extent that these things are just really easy. They just happen. Like, I think that for a lot of Christians, especially in the West today, including myself, to be completely honest, this, this is challenging to get to this point. And I think that it takes active discipline. And for me, it takes active discipline. And it I think that's because the flesh, which we all have in us, unfortunately, even after we're in crisis, it's always trying to stop us from doing these kinds of positive things, these kinds of things that help us draw closer with God. And so to me, you know, can there really be on autopilot setting if the flesh is constantly trying to get in the way mm -hmm. of doing these things? So I don't know. It just seems to me personally, it so, takes effort to be engaged. And, and that when f my focus has drifted in the past, you know, 
unfortunately, my discipline slips with it. Mm -hmm. So when I say this, I'm not saying like I'm on top of it every day because there are some days I do get lazy, you know, and you know, maybe like on Monday, it was a hard day when I worked the night before. And so that Monday I get kind of lazy. But I'm just saying like when I do do these things of the Christian things of attending church and attending worship and, you know, reading my Bible and stuff like that, it's like I'm doing it because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. But I guess that passion or that zeal is not really there anymore. And so uh, it's, on, it's on autopilot in the sense of like, I'm doing this because I know I'm supposed to do this. So let me do it. It's just autopilot. Like I'm supposed to be doing it because it's the Christian thing to do. It's my, you know, it's the Christian habit that I'm supposed to develop. And I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to be doing it. So would you say then, are you getting anything out of this? I am. Or I'm is it so if you are then what is the what is the problem here i guess I'm, the way I'm, you're describing this the way you're describing the autopilot christian to me it's coming across as legalistic almost like falling into legalistic rituals that i have to do this or i'm not doing the right thing and it's like that if that's how you're seeing it then I think we can have a different conversation in the one in the notes because I think that that is not a good place to be. But no, if you're just, I, I would, I would say, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm getting anything, something out of it because, yes, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm spiritually, you know, eating off that. It keeps me spiritually strong, but in the sense of like, I don't know, am I? Do I feel like I'm some huge giant or anything? Like maybe not. You know, like sure, I'm doing these things and it keeps me strong and it keeps me avoiding sins and stuff like that. But you know, like. Kind of like we always make that joke from um, the um, the Incredibles movies of like nothing amazing has happened or anything like that. It's just kind of like, you know, I'm just staying on this kind of even flow, steady course and everything like that. And so it's just like, sure, I'm learning something. Yeah, I'm growing, but it's nothing really significant. Well, I mean, I would argue, though, to be on the even keel course and steady and that's that's what we're supposed to be doing as uh, believers. And I think that uh, Paul is going to write in, in 2 Timothy that going and walking the Christian life is, is like a race, and it requires perseverance. So it's implying that it's a long race, like, like a marathon kind of race almost. And so, you know, the fact that you are steady and even keel and you're you're running the race at maybe it's a slower pace than you would like it to be but the fact of the matter is you're still running there you're still in this thing and i think that that is a perfectly good place to be and in fact it's a great place to be because mm -hmm. you know how how good it must be to just be in the word all um and have it be second nature to you and i imagine and even is there peace right yeah. now yeah. And, you know, when I when yeah. and when I bring these things up, it's not just always just about me because, you know, being a pastor's kid, you hear conversations that other people share and stuff like that. So and, you know, I kind of like, you know, I'm the voice. I try to be the voice of what I know and listen to other Christians struggle with in the sense of like sometimes they get unsettled in the sense of that they're on that steady flow and, you know, just kind of that steady course. And so sometimes they wonder in the sense of like, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? You know, I don't see any rising in my altitude or anything like that. So, you know, I'm not just speaking about myself and like to your to your question. Yeah, I, you know, I have an inner peace, you know, going on and everything like that. And sometimes I will say. Sometimes I get confused in the sense of like, how do I put this? Like, 
Should I always be achieving to go to a next and higher level? Like, yeah, I'm having peace where I am right now, but I don't want to get settled. I don't want to get stagnant and just stay in my comfort zone. I want to. Are you getting stagnant? Hmm? Because if you're telling me you're learning things from what you're doing, that's not stagnation. That is you're continuing to make progress. Yeah. And that is where we should be and what we should be doing. And honestly, this kind of worry and concern, that part is not so good if that's where you are. Well, we'll, we'll get into where I go in this, where I'm going with this. But what I'm hearing from you is that being on autopilot, as we are describing it now, being an autopilot Christian is a good thing to you. I think that if you are able to reach the point where you are without even consciously thinking about it, it's just something that you naturally do. Go into scriptures and are in prayer and are in Bible study and are worshiping God. I think that is a really good place to be. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And, you know, I think being on autopilot is good for a time, but not for your whole life, not for your whole life. You know, let me, let me build, you know, I always say, let me land, let me build, let me build my stage. Uh, you know, God allows us to have times in our lives, you know, when things are kind of just chill. And I feel like right now, maybe my life, things are just chill right now. And I even think about Moses. Moses was out there in the wilderness for 40 years. He got to live his life 40 years, got married, had kids, all that kind of stuff, you know, but that wasn't the destiny that God had planned for him, you know, and everything like that. He lived kind of an autopilot life, not flying to his fullest potential until God called him. The problem comes when you want to stay, in my opinion, when you want to stay in autopilot mode forever. And, you know, I believe God has amazing gifts and it has amazing calling for all of our lives that we that is beyond our comprehension. But to achieve that, I feel like we need that requires us going outside of our comfort zone and sometimes, you know, not being too comfortable and staying in this autopilot mindset and this autopilot autopilot zone and kind of something that, you know, while we were getting these notes together that, you know, I thought of in referencing, it comes from Matthew 25, the, the parable of the talents um, in the, you know, the gold bags, however your translation might word it. And I think about the one with the one talent or who had the one bag of gold. And, you know, the Bible, you know, you know, depending on the translation, my translation says that Jesus um, judged that servant as wicked being that he was unprofitable that he didn't go outside his comfort zone to do something that profited his kingdom in the kingdom of heaven and stuff like that. He thought he could just coast by, you know, not doing anything and just staying at that steady level and think he can just skim by. He didn't step outside to try or to go outside his comfort zone to reach his full, fullest potential as the other servants did, the one with the five bag, the one with the 10 bag. They tried and they put their hand to work and they were able to receive or to you know, go to a higher potential, but the one with the one bag didn't do anything. So that's why I think about of not wanting to remain in the autopilot mindset for the rest of our lives and to always have this mindset that God has bigger and better things for me. Well, I have a different take on that scripture if you'd like to hear it. Okay, go for it. So the person, you're right in that, you know, there were there were three people and one of them got the five uh, bags one got two they came back with more mm -hmm. that's that's fine uh the one person though you're saying the reason why this person didn't do anything is because they were just coasting along and not really trying and uh, that's it i would argue it was worse than that okay i would argue that this individual said 
I was afraid. And then I hid your gold in the ground. So this to me is not a Christian who is on autopilot. This is somebody who is afraid of what the world is going to say about their beliefs. And then this person so hides themselves Mm. and does not acknowledge Jesus in front of men. This is, in fact, someone who is not on autopilot, because if you are on autopilot, your natural disposition is to talk to others around you for the kingdom. Um, You know, when people ask you about what you believe in, you would share your faith with them. You would actively be uh, exhibiting behaviors that show that you are striving to be Christ-like. Because if if, if this is all second nature to you, that's just what happens. You bear fruit in your life, even if it if it's just something that you don't really consciously think about because it's just so ingrained in your soul at that point, mm-hmm. it's going to come out. This guy, he did not do any of that. He he kept the message inside. He buried the gold in the ground. Or he kept kept everything to himself because he was afraid. And so, yeah, Jesus says he's wicked and he was lazy because A, we're, we didn't, this guy did not acknowledge um others before him and at least you know he could have in in this story could have gone and and put the coin with the bank to get interest so i i would say that that is like at least he could have gone to like the church and at least you know donated to get something from the church to go and spread out right Mm -hmm. but yeah he didn't even do that he just kept it to himself and so that is definitely not what we're supposed to do uh as christians and of course Um, Jesus says in uh, Matthew that uh, those who acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge to the Father, and those who do not, I will not. Um, uh, That's in Matthew 10, verse 32, by the way, for more uh, specific citation there. But I would say that this is not an example (laughs) of an autopilot Christian. This is an example of a uh, person who is afraid of others and a person who is not going to share their faith uh, when they know they should. And that is a that is sinful. That is a problem. See, that's interesting that you see it that way. That's what I love about parables, because you can come at it from so many different angles and see things. Because I always thought the thing that the servant said was just an excuse, because Jesus in that story just says, I'll judge you by your own words, kind of meaning like what you're saying isn't the truth, but for the sake of it, I will use your own words against you. That's how I've always read it um, about it. And stuff. And the reason why I would say this is an autopilot Christian is because, you know, he was a servant of the king. And so this is like a Christian that's already in the fold, but was a disobedient servant, like just didn't do his job and stuff. So that's how I've always saw it as like that that servant was saying an excuse, um, but not necessarily the honest truth. But the king was just judging him, as he said, by your own words and stuff. So that's how I've always seen it. But regardless of it, the story of it is just the fact that whatever way you interpret it, that person who had the one bag did not did not fulfill his God-given talent or his God-given potential, either way how you see it. Um, that at least, you know, that's how I see it. That either way is that that person didn't fulfill their God-given um, potential. They didn't get outside their comfort zone, whether it was that they were hiding the fact that they were a Christian or the fact that they didn't step outside their comfort zone in the sense of trying to achieve something greater than being a 
basic or just a low level kind of Christian that didn't want to try to fulfill the greatest thing, you know, the greater thing that they could do and stuff. Well, let's talk about, well, let's talk about that because what defines Christian's mission? Like not every believer is supposed to go on an international missions trip somewhere or Mm -hmm. go on a fast for weeks or something like these, these kinds of what we would call super faith, uh demonstrations or whatever that's in quotations this these are not everybody's call Mm -hmm. um and i am i am sure that there are believers in this world whose call is to influence those around them in their workplace in their home in their circle of friends and they don't ever have to be they're not ever called to go and do something else like that like I mean, even uh, a person on an autopilot, like you said, you know, who's in the church and exhibiting fruit, because that's what I think the default state is. You know, this is also a person who who is in tune with scriptures and is going to be somebody who's volunteering at his or her church. And so he or she is going to have outreach in that way. And maybe that is the call for that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I cannot make a determination on whether that person is hiding like Jonah did from going on an overseas mission trip or something like uh, we don't know that. And so I think that, you know, that there are people who, when you say comfort zone, well, they are already equipped with the skills to, to do good things in their community. And it's not a particularly cha- uh, hard thing to do to reach out to the others in their community. And I, and I think, you know, there are people with that personality and temperament. Mm-hmm. And so they're perfectly at home being uh, um, an agent of the kingdom within their own local community. And and honestly, even I will tell you in the United States, I think we need more of this because we are a nation that has really fallen when it comes to the morality and where we are uh, as a overarching uh, society, mm-hmm. you know, so there are so many people in this nation who need God. And so if, if people in the church, and, and I think in, at least in my circles, this is a, a mindset is they have to go somewhere else. They have to go to central Europe. They have to go to Papua New Guinea. They have to go to the jungles of Brazil to effectively reach others. No, they people could do here. that in their own backyard mm-hmm. because there are so many people in this nation who are lost. And I will tell you, there are churches in Africa who send people here to the U.S. because they are in need of Christ. No, and I agree with you in a sense that, you know, we we should do our own mission trips domestically on the inside, you know, fix, you know, fix our home before we can go help somebody else. Jesus even said, you know, fix the eye, you know, fix the speck in your own eye before you try to help your brother um, and stuff. But your question well, before that had a little bit more to do with sinful. I know, but I'm just using that debt. We need to fix ourselves before we, you know, try to help other country moralities and stuff like that. But, you know, go back to your question of being like, you know, what, you know, what is the calling for each other person? You know, we all have a general calling in the sense that we're all ambassadors for Christ. That anywhere that we go, we represent Christ, you know, at the workplace, at the gym, at the school. You know, so we, we, all every person who accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior has that calling as an ambassador of Christ, as his representative. Now, only a select few are deemed for the titles of such as, you know, uh, pastor, evangelist, missionary, all that kind of like 
teaching kind of category and stuff. But this is where I think we need to get outside our mindset in the church of thinking those are the only like places that God can utilize you for your highest potential. I think I kind of feel as though some people, you know, limit God and what, how God is able to, you know, you know, um, to use people just, you know, either thinking, oh, you're either some kind of preacher or you're a person that sings in the church or plays, um, plays an instrument. You know, like there's more services or there's more things that God can utilize you, you know, utilize a person than just in those kind of offices. You know, I was thinking just even as we were, you know, before you know recording today, I was just like, wow, God can use a person that has a talent and an eye for interior design and use that person to glorify God in the sense that they can, they can decorate a church to make his, all his, make, make his church look great. That person could help other churches, you know, whether they are small or whether they are large to help smaller churches in the best way that they can afford to look the greatest or even so much for the big church, how to, you know, that's true. Can I just jump in? Yes. I'm sorry, but you're talking about artistic expression for the Lord. And if anyone doubts that they can use their artistic expression for the Lord, I would tell you, go to the Vatican and stand in the Sistine Chapel Mm -hmm. and look up. Michelangelo did that because he loved the Lord, and he painted the most amazing painting I have ever seen to this point in my life. And that message message of his painting is known across the world. Yes, and And, and it wasn't—he did other works as well, but Mm -hmm. but certainly that one is the most famous. And it's just um, when you think, about everything that got painted under the Sistine Chapel ceiling, God and man in the garden, the story of Noah is on the ceiling. Uh, Jesus is there. Like, it's really incredible. And and you, this is a man who loved God. And the way that he reached millions mm-hmm. wasn't by going off and, and doing some sort of overseas trip or anything. He painted a masterpiece on a church ceiling. Yeah. And that is how he reached millions. And that's what I'm saying. Utilizing your skill and your natural talent to glorify God, whether it is um, painting, whether it is interior designing, whether it's cooking, look how Chick-fil-A, you know, is a restaurant service that glorifies God in the way they handle business and the way they do customer service and the way how they utilize everything that they do within their business. They glorify God in that. So that's what I'm saying of not being on autopilot of just doing the basic things. Why don't you see and look within yourself to say, you know, and work with the Holy Ghost to say, what, what are the talents that you have given me that I can use to go outside my comfort zone? Because, you know, that's what I'm saying. Go outside my comfort zone and go outside my realm of thinking that can glorify you. And I've told you before, you're good at writing. So you could use writing to tell stories that can um, that can glorify the different principles of God. I was thinking of a book recently um, by Frank Peretti called This Present Darkness. It's a Christian fiction book, but it glorifies or it focuses on the power of prayer through that whole book. It focuses on how prayer works in the spiritual realm and how it affects us here in the physical realm. And it's just like, wow, it shows that principle come to life in a whole other, you know, in a in a great way that can actually help the believer to actually stand and have faith in their prayer life. So that's what I'm saying. Using Using your talents, using your skills to go to a higher level that glorifies God and reaches a whole new potential that you would have never would have thought working with God. So that's what I mean going outside the comfort zone, if that makes better sense for you now. 
Yeah, and I certainly won't disagree with that. I mean, if you feel the nudge from the Holy Spirit to take a step and do something, that is something as a believer we need to respond to. Case in point is this podcast, Dave, and I'm sure you remember when you first uh, proposed that we do this, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) And uh, who am I to go and talk in public about, uh, um, you know, scripture related things like i barely <laughs> can string two sentences together uh, <laughs> and yet uh you know i felt that nudge from the holy spirit and he said you know more than you think and you're gonna learn from this because you're gonna have to prepare and you're gonna get to know me better mm-hmm. and so i want you to do this and so here we are exactly uh, so that's what i'm saying like going outside your comfort zone and not staying see it was it would have been easy to stay on the autopilot i mean even though I talked about game, I was nervous about it too, in the sense of, you know, of like putting myself out there to make myself to seem like, quote unquote, I know a lot and stuff, you know, because, you know, some people want to come, can, you know, be on like, who do you think you are to like, try to like, you know, tell someone or to teach the biblical things and this, this and that. But, you know, I've been, I've been in the quote unquote, I've been in the game for a while. I've been saved for a long time. I know more than, like you said, I know more than I think and stuff like that. So utilizing the talents of like having a conversation, keeping it real, you know, being able to simplify scriptures in a way that's, you know, people can understand it and just having a casual conversation, you know, can, you know, is glorifying God and stuff like that. Thinking outside the comfort zone, it would have been easy just to stay on autopilot. Just, you know what? No, I'm not going to do, we're not going to do that podcast. We're just going to be focusing on ourselves and just coasting by. Well, I don't know, even it's certainly for me, I think I would have been guilty of sinning had I refused to call. You think? I think so. I would have been telling a direction from, uh, telling God who was directing me to do something that no, I wasn't. I would mm-hmm. be like Jonah and we all know how that went. So. Yeah. And this is for that would have been the wrong thing to do. Well, this is for our audience members. How many things has God been like nudging you to step outside your comfort zone in a specific area, whether it is starting that business, whether it is, you know, writing that book, whether it is, you know, cooking for people and stuff like that, or whether it, you know, using the natural talents that God has given you to glorify him. And, you know, you know, I haven't talked to you about this, Alex, but you remember like back in college and stuff, I would have like several book ideas and stuff like that. Like just in this last month, all those ideas have been rushing back. And, you know, I'm not good in the sense like you are writing it, but I'm good in the sense of coming up with good storylines and stuff like that. So I don't know that 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 has come back into my forefront. So who knows what might come up in the next couple of years. So, you know, just using those natural talents that God has given you. But, you know, sometimes coming outside your comfort zone is the fear of failure, is the fear of rejection or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like in the airplane, when you go higher up, there's more resistance and there's more um, factors that make it harder to go up. It's easier to stay on an even course that's not too much of a struggle. But as you go higher up in altitude, there's more things to consider. Temperature, you know, dropping, how it's going to, you know, freezing. I don't know. I'm just going off the, you know, just the top of my head. You know, there's different pressure, air pressure, all that kind of stuff that make it difficult to go higher. Yeah, air pressure and the thermodynamics are very important in flight, I think. Yeah, the higher you go up. So, you know, there's more resistance in going, you know, higher up, but it's not impossible to go higher up. So it's easy to stay on autopilot at a lower altitude, but that if that's not, if that's not your God given um, potential, we need to go higher. Resistance from gravity, I suppose, because the air becomes less yeah. up there. And so it's easier to less, less air resistance, I think, higher up. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. I'm no aerospatical <laughs> engineer. I'm it just, just, it just came to the top of my mind just right now. But what do you think causes a person to switch on like their autopilot in their life where they just want to keep things simple 
and they don't want to try to do anything, you know, amazing with their lives. What do you think kind of keeps a person at the like autopilot level? Well, see, though, it's is it that they don't want to do something amazing, or is it that they are where they need to be right now? Like, well, I guess every I, person needs to look within themselves and work with the Holy Ghost for that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I could tell you why people's zeal cools Mm -hmm. but to me when zeal is cooling that is like somebody who is falling away this is not somebody on autopilot zeal losing zeal for the faith is when the flesh starts to win Uh and so you're neglecting what's important for spiritual growth rather than doing exactly what you need to do uh, for spiritual growth and so i could tell you that strings of life tragedies uh, storms in life, when things become personally very challenging, uh, where the in the West, the busyness of general life or compromise with sinfulness, all mm-hmm. of that causes people to lose their zeal, I think. As for why would a, a person uh, be on autopilot instead of striving to do more, maybe it's because they're not called to do, quote, more Mm -hmm. as in their their calling is to live a simple and quiet life as we're instructed to in the uh, in scriptures and they are just living that out and influencing their local community that they're not they're not called to go and go overseas and do some big thing like that's just not what they're supposed to do that's uh, what they're supposed to do is is be the person who's at home and able to help the their neighbors and their family and their friends. I mean, and I don't see again if that is, if you have peace with that. And I would say that when you are doing what you're supposed to do, you will have a natural state of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if life is crazy around you, you'll still have this kind of spiritual peace in you that it's all going to work out. Yeah. I agree. And that's that's fine. That's where you should be. You shouldn't be trying to overextend if that's how you're feeling. If you're feeling like you're wrestling with God and you feel like you should be doing something, but you don't want to, that's a different story. Yeah. And I want to say that as a, as a disclaimer, you know, I hope our audience members today, like, don't think, you know, they need to just jump out there and do something crazy. You know, first of all, <laughs> don't write for me from some other country being like, you inspired me and I'm out here. And no, uh, <laughs> check with the Holy Ghost to feel, you know, ever, like I said before, all of us are called to different avenues. All of us have different callings in our lives and stuff like that. Um, some of us might be called to do in other people's eyes more grander things than others it's just a matter that you work with the holy ghost to find what is your fullest potential um and to achieve that and i have found especially through scriptures and we can see all over scriptures the examples that it's always something outside of what you would have thought that you could do that you know god's plan is usually much higher than what we set for ourselves sometimes and stuff but um i would say uh what i have found sometimes with the autopilot of when someone turns on autopilot. So you like so you mentioned the whole thing about losing zeal and stuff like that. Um, I feel as though, especially if you've been in, like me, I've been in the faith long enough where like me switching on autopilot means I'm just doing these Christian things. 
I'm not going to fall in losing the faith because I know too much because, you know, I'm not trying to go to hell. So I know too much. So I'm not going to lose the faith. It's like I'm hitting the safe button and I'm going to coast through the rest of my life on this safe button because I know too much to give up on the faith. But because of certain experiences or certain reasons, I'm not going to try to reach to go higher. And one thing that came to me as a reason why I think some people um, might have lost their zeal to try to do more. Cause I don't know if you remember when you kind of had that first kind of like being saved zeal, you tell everybody about it. You tell everyone, Oh, God is good. Jesus is good. And da, 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 da. And I remember one time in school, um, I remember I was telling a couple of friends and invited a bunch of friends a lot of time to come to church and stuff. And this kind of what, you know, fanned out my zeal for a while in the sense of like, try to reach others. Sometimes it's just the fact of disappointment in a sense of like, I remember I invited a bunch of friends several other times to come to church and stuff. And they never came and stuff. And so that's the disappointment of like seeing your work or what you think your work, you know, failing, um, kind of burns out your zeal. It's not not your work. It's God's work. Right. Well, I'm saying the work of like trying to reach others and stuff or whatever it is, you know, seeing it fail. Maybe a person did try to start that business, but the timing was off or whatever it is and you see it fail. And so you kind of just hit that button of like, I don't want to do anything too grand or, you know, just going to stay steady, stuff like this. And I can remember specifically that one girl in college that you rolled your eyes with. I invited her. I'm never going to let you live that down. I'm never going to let you live that down. Um, She never came to church after many times of me inviting her and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I've kind of shared about that, about her rejecting the faith and having to let that go. But just kind of sometimes I think disappointment or, you know, when things are not working out the way we think it should and stuff, you know, it kind of fans out the zeal and the passion we have about living. Yeah. But, but I almost think if that's what's happening, you know, that's the kind of stuff that leads to the negligence, Mm -hmm. like disappointment and life challenges and all of that being just constantly disappointed uh, like I, I just don't know. I, I just don't think that 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 is that is that is more mm-hmm. to me from what I've seen. Like I just, you think losing zeal will have bigger impacts than just staying just yes autopilot. I mean, if you let, I feel I I see what you're saying that if you just let the passion die out too much, it can create a nosedive and you can crash. Because um, again, to me, the, the the term autopilot, this means I'm on my way in the correct direction. So again, to me, the person who is, quote, on autopilot, they are, they're doing everything that needs to happen. And they're, they're so in tune mm-hmm. with the Lord that the, the fruit in their life, maybe they don't even notice it, but it's there and it's happening and it can clearly be seen. And maybe they are not super like passionate. I, I don't know, but, but they do, they're striving towards God. They have that in there. Yeah. It's just at the moment that they're going steady there. It's, it's like, um, there are people, unfortunately, like who you've just mentioned, they, they come to know God and they're very gung ho and very, uh, filled with passion and zeal and fire. And then, they are very bright for a time and then they sputter and they die mm-hmm. because the life choked them out Yeah, because the disappointments and the challenging circumstances 
it got to them and it choked them out. And this is like uh, when Jesus is talking about the parable of the seeds, a seed that fell amongst the thorns. That's how I liken this to. And then there is that person who, you know, you have a spark when they first come to the Lord. And then it is a candle flame within them and it holds and holds and holds. Mm -hmm. And then as time goes along, then that flame has the chance to grow and it just is, it's sustained and it's there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that that's not to me losing, losing zeal. This is like really bad to me and a person on autopilot haven't lost their zeal. It's just that they are where God wants them to be at that moment. And they're being steady and they have that flame still in them, even though maybe it's calmer than it once was. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. No. And I think Alex and I are just going to totally agree in some areas and disagree in other areas, because when you were saying that, you know, I totally see where you're coming from having that steady flame. But the scripture that came to me, um, I know it's in the book of John is when Jesus is talking about my father will like, he's talking about pruning the fruit. And he was talking about, you know what, we're going to find it. I think it's in John because I, you know, I, I want to say it properly. So um, I'm going to get there real quick. Hold on. Is this John, John 15, I think. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I know he's in the garden with the disciples before he um, goes. And so I'm just going to read it. And I'm reading from the NIV version. You know, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear um, bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And I really want to highlight that part that says um, he, hold on. It's this part. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will it will be even more fruitful. So to me, that's like that auto Christian that's bearing fruit, but he wants it to be even more fruitful. So you have to get out of autopilot to go to the next level. So that was the scripture that came to me um, as you were saying your point that yes, you're growing, you're you're producing fruit and you're doing good things. That's why I said you're doing good things. You're doing the Christian things. You're growing. You know, you're you're learning stuff and you're, you know you're having a great time. You know, listening to Christian music and all that kind of stuff and everything like that. But the Father wants to prune you and get you know to make more fruit or to make better fruit and all that kind of stuff. Then so let it happen when he wills it. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. You got to be, you know, the first step of being able to do anything I have found, at least for my life, is that you have to be mentally prepared to let go or to go there. You know, some people, you know, some people are not even, I feel, I just feel like you got to be mentally prepared for like the day will come where the Holy Ghost will lead me to do something bigger, bigger and uh, better. People you know, find step, it very hard. Yeah. People and then very hard to prepare for that, which they cannot see in the future. And I would tell you when I was, boy, what were we 27 when we started this 20, Lord. 28, Don't make me feel like, old. something like that. And, uh, you know, when I was 26, I would never have thought that I would be doing something like this. And there was no way that I could have prepared myself to one day go talk on a, on a podcast like this and, and, you know, talk to others in a more casual setting about things that I've learned uh, mm -hmm. in scriptures as I've uh, lived my life as a believer and done this journey with, uh, with the Lord and, and on with you too, because I think we've walked together for a long time. So 
Um, I just think it's very hard for people to to make those kinds of preparations. I think that they come come suddenly. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I think oftentimes when God thrusts you into a situation where he knows that you can do this, I think if you remain faithful, you will find that you are successful in that, mm-hmm. that you wear whatever mantle it is that God has put on you quite well. Exactly. We may not know what God is calling us to, but we should always be having this expectation that God is going to, you know, call me whenever and just be ready to switch and move whenever he says so. Kind of like the children of Israelites with the with the cloud by day and the fire by night. When it started to move, you get you need to be ready to move and just to follow along and to trust him along the way. But for those who might are looking for some ways to re-energize that zeal or to re-energize that passion, what are some ways you have found over your walk kind of to keep you motivated to um, keep staying in the game? I think that the biggest way to re-energize oneself is to experience Christian fellowship. And an example of this is to go on to a retreat and get poured into by unbelievers and, uh, you know, come together in a corporate worship setting. And then that can help to re-energize yourself because when you're with a whole bunch of believers who are with you, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you feel, I think, uh, that you're not alone. And, and it's, and that there's a, a mission and there's other people who are on the mission with you. And so you're one, you're like part of this team and you want to go out there and you want to make an impact because you're part of God's team. And I think that that is really motivating. I, I have to laugh. I have to laugh because when you're saying retreat, you're talking about like conferences, right? Like those kind of Christian conferences, right? Uh, no, not necessarily a big Christian conference. No, I, I was thinking kind of like at my church, there's a men's retreat. Okay. Because I was, I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I know, I'm pretty sure I know what you were thinking of, but I'm thinking, you know, a smaller setting. Okay. Not not something with thousands of people. That's like (laughs) really big. And you know what? Maybe that does energize some people, but, but. I think that you get a little more quality uh, messaging mm-hmm. when you're at the smaller, more intimate settings. Okay, I will agree with that because we went to that big conference. Yeah. <laughs> it was not what I thought. It was my idea, too. I think you got more out of it than I did because we got split up into different groups. And I was like, yo, this group is some carnal. This is a carnal group. This is. This is not well, a- let's remember there was a certain scandal-plagued individual who was, you know, one of the keynote speakers at this. So maybe that can explain part that, of that. I mean, good thing. We'll say that the message really wasn't too deep. Um, not to be too judgy, but the message wasn't really all that. It. I was really hoping for it to be a great spiritual retreat, but. It had great music. I'll leave it at that. It had good music. It had good where it had good worship moments and stuff, but whether the word manner was good. But yes, if you're gonna do I think a good um intimate retreat is good for the believer um to have, and that might encourage you. And I have found within myself, um, you know, I found within myself, and you know, this might be something you know we'll talk expand more when it comes to the Easter um episode. You know, I always remember like Jesus in the garden and when he was um, in his prayer, and he was saying, you know, not my will, but your will. 
And I always, that always re-energizes me because that brings me back in the focus of remembering my time here on earth. It's not about me fulfilling my will. It's about me fulfilling his will and stuff. So if I need to go higher, if I need to get outside my comfort zone for his sake, I'm going to have to do it because there's a bigger purpose than just me, um, than just me um, and all that kind of stuff and everything. And I really think about that more and more. And we'll probably talk about that more when we get into the Easter episode of just like, if you just think about it, like Jesus didn't come here for a vacation. He even said like the son of man didn't come here to be served, but the come, he came here to give his life as a ransom. Like he came here for, he came here for a purpose and stuff like that. And he came here with a mission. Like he came here with a mission and he got out John the Baptist. You know, I remember I was talking with somebody that said, man, John the Baptist really got, you know, I wasn't screwed. And I can't think of a better word. He really got mishandled and all this. Kind of, yeah. And I mean, he fulfilled his mission. He focused on his mission. His mission was to make straight the past, you know, the way for the Lord and to prepare everyone for the coming of Jesus. And all I come, he finished his mission and it was time to go. Like so one, one wonders about maybe there was some precipitousness about how he made that confrontation happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's not for me to say, but I I would be curious as to whether John consulted with Jesus on whether he should be doing that or whether he just made that choice. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I don't know either. But just the fact that he was out in the wilderness and doing what he was called to do, and he was a young man too. You know, sometimes the, the pictures of John the Baptist are showing him like old, like an old guy. No, he was in his thirties. Uh, like thirty-five. I yeah, he was in his. Yeah, he was in. Like his, he wasn't too much older than Jesus. Jesus died, you know, in his thirties too. I'm in my thirties, so like I'm not old. So, um, so you know, that's a. <laughs> so you know, I'm not old. So I'm just saying, he died a young man, and you know, he fulfilled his mission. You know, in his in his thirties, fulfilled his mission. So always remembering. So I think that always keeps me energized when I feel like you know I just kind of want to be steady and kind of get laid and just kind of just do the average thing just always you know not aspiring or praying or you know seeking god for the bigger and better thing that he has for my life and stuff you know so um i always remember i have a mission here i'm not here just to you know live life and to do whatever i want always remembering like i'm here for a mission we're here for to fulfill a mission in this time period right now so i hope our listening audience you know alex and i didn't come to a same level with things but I hope um, our audience member was able to pick some some of um, of the points we made and see how you could implement it in your life and stuff and and see how you can be utilized by God to do bigger and better things than you would have ever thought possible. So um, I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to us. Stay tuned next week as we will continue another conversation. We'll see if Alex will take over that one, but stay tuned for next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch Podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.